Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 188 of the podcast. It's the 7th of August, 2019, as I record this intro. And this week, I'm excited to share a lovely conversation I had with Jen Keefe. Jen was first on the podcast almost three years ago, and it's so interesting to learn how their unschooling lives have grown and changed. We dive into what she found challenging as they moved to unschooling, how it's been life-changing for her, as well as the kids, uh, video games, unschooling resources, the podcast she started called Real Women's Work, uh, her favorite thing about their unschooling days right now, and lots more. But before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it is integral to helping me freely share information and inspiration with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's dive into my conversation with Jen. Welcome. I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Jen Keefe. Hi, Jen. Hi, Pam. I'm so happy to here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. Now, just to let people know, Jen was actually on the podcast. I looked it up. It was like three years ago. It was episode number 44. So I'm so excited to have her back because, you know, it's amazing what three years of living and learning can bring. I mean, you think things don't change quickly, but then when you start looking back, back over multiple years. It's like, wow, look at all that's changed. So I'm very much looking forward to hearing more about it. So to get us started, Jen, can you share with us a bit about you and your family? Yes, I'd love to, Pam. And just to touch base on what you just said, as I was thinking about chatting with you again, I was thinking back to where I was three years ago. I remember where I was sitting where, when we chatted and, you know, I... Oh even really what a podcast was. We were talking about this a little before we started. I didn't even really know what it was and just where sort of mentally. And it was really cool to think about where I am now as opposed to where I was then. So that was really fun. So I am, let's see, I have my, my husband and two kiddos that, that makes up our family. My son is 11. He'll be 12 in September, which blows my mind. Blows my 12 feels so big. Um, and my daughter is nine. And of course, they're both wonderful and awesome. And my son is a, um, he's always been a big gamer, huge gamer from the time he was young. And that was really, obviously, it took lots of personal work for me to be able to really support the session, but we eventually did. Um, and then he was always a console gamer. That was what he always played on, mostly Xbox, 
um, and then moved a little bit to PlayStation and had some fun with the Switch. And then it was really interesting. He went through this period where he really, we noticed he just wasn't gaming anymore. And we were surprised because he had been such a big gamer. And then he moved into PC gaming and that brought out this whole new cool experience and he's huge right now into world of warcraft which has been so fun to get to know how this community works and he had been searching and searching for a guild um to join which is like a group of people who play together and they do raids together and owen was anyway it took a little while to find one and he finally found one and it has been such a blast watching him connect with these people and because they have so many other things in common like Owen's a big history buff like a huge history buff political science like he loves that and a lot of these folks are too so on their discord chatter Owen's always like saying hey look at what this person said so much wit that he really appreciates so so that that's him and he's a gen just generally good guy and we always my husband and I kind of chuckle saying we don't know where he gets this from but he's the most laid back go with the flow like flexible everything's okay guy he's the only one in our family that is like that so (laughs) where he gets it but it's a huge gift and we have to be really conscientious to make sure we don't like take advantage of that and exploit that Mm -hmm. just important um my daughter's nine. She'll be 10 in November. And she too is awesome. She is um, kind and a little bit fiery and very quiet, not shy, she, which I, I would have described had I not done so much learning. She's just very quiet, intentional about who she gives her energy to. And she's a creator. She's been a creator for a really long time. She creates the coolest things out of Yesterday it was saran wrap and nail polish. Like I don't, I mean, just these cool things. And she recently for her ninth birthday, she had been begging us for a guinea pig. Um, And we had, we were in temporary living situation. It didn't make sense. We had been sort of thinking she'd move past it, but about a year went by um, and she hadn't moved past it. So anyway, long story short, we got this guinea pig in November. We rescued this two-year-old guinea pig and she has just become the absolute baby of our family. She is like, everything revolves around Daisy. And it was such a great, like through an unschooling lens, it was such a great learning moment for me as a mom. Like Sydney knew what she wanted and she has taken such good care of this guinea pig. And she did know all the responsibility that came with it. And she gave us this huge gift of all bringing Daisy in. So it's amazing. And my husband works for a large engineering company. He does something called geographic information systems, which is really fun for our family too. He does like aerial mapping stuff. So sometimes the kids get to go and play, not play with, but watch Chris while he works with folks who use drones and that sort of thing. So, and we live in Denver right now. We've been here for about six or seven years, but we're moving back to New England in about six weeks. So that's us. Oh, wow. Oh, so that that's a big thing coming up, too. It's a very big thing. And there was so much thought that went into it. Um, And it's exciting, but of course, cumbersome. And I guess I should always mention my kids have always been unschooled. Owen went to about six weeks of preschool. Didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, they both Sydney's never been any program of any sort. So they've always been unschooled. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's always that's always an, an, a really fun thing to to hear as well. Right. It, it gives us an idea of 
of where when people's journey started. Like you mentioned, a, a few weeks of uh, preschool. Yeah, uh, a recent guest said, you know, a couple of months of preschool, etc. You know, it. Everybody can can imagine what that looks like. <laughs> that exactly. Yeah, but thanks so much for sharing those glimpses of the kids. I, I really love that. And I remember, too, it was such an interesting, that transition from console gaming to PC gaming. I remember that with my, with my kids as well. You know, for, for quite a while, it was, it was the console stuff, right? But then, yeah, the, the PC gaming stuff, they, you know, finally found, they found a way in, a game that was interesting enough for them to try it out. And, you know, now you can get all the, the controllers and everything that you can use with the PC, and there's so many options and mods for for so many of the games that are out there now. It's, it's really fun. They're both very much now into PC gaming. <laughs> it is so fun, Pam, and it's, <clears throat> pardon me, it's such a cool world that I had no idea how cool it was and how interesting and, and um, just a really neat, different world, but a world, like a whole world. Yeah, no, because even then, you know, th as they're playing games, they're like you talked about the Discord channel. So that's one way, you know, there are particular forums that they frequent, whether they're on Reddit or, or in different places, they find the community around it, right? Whatever the game is. I know, um, my eldest had been into Guild Wars 2 for, for quite a while, you know, and the whole community around that and conversations around and conversations about like the next expansion that's coming because that is a really interesting, interesting thing about these worlds with PCs and expansion packs. Um, the, the games, they, they end, you know, like when, when the game comes out, there's kind of an ending, but the story doesn't. The story like continues, you know what I mean? It's like it's like a the end of a book in a series that you know is already a series, right? So there's sometimes the next expansion has a lot of backstory, history, you know, of that world. Sometimes it opens up a new area in the world. Like it it does give so much more um depth, maybe, maybe that's the word, versus a console game where, you know. Because you're you're paying for um, that that disc at the time anyway, or that download, right? For the console, um, everything was seemed so much more self-contained, and now it it seems a little bit more fluid. Does that make sense? <laughs> it completely it, it does, and you know, talk about creative writing, really. Like even if it's not physical writing. The the way the when they when word gets out that an expansion pack is coming listening to how the the fans uh predict what it might be yes yes it's all those conversations around that i mean it's like it's like you know the conversations around book series or around tv shows you know when the next season what's going to happen the next season, the whole game of thrones um thing you know it's 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 there's you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, people dissing video games, et cetera, et cetera, you know, it is it is so much like all the other um, pieces of our world. It's not it's not something distinct. You know, um, they talk about video games or screens, et cetera. You know, it's it's story. It's it's entertainment. Um, but not, not, you know, surface level entertainment. There's a depth there if 
you're interested in that. Same if, if you are interested in books and, you know, deep into the Harry Potter series or the game, you know, the Game of Thrones book series, ser- books versus TV. You know, there is just so much depth when you dive in there and so many communities where Yes, you can, you learn, you learn how to communicate, whether that's like through typing, writing, spelling, like all those things are, they are all innately in there because you're excited to communicate about whatever it is that you're excited about, right? Absolutely. And, and that it's been so uh, eye opening is an understatement as we can both appreciate, but to watch that happen and when you can really, for a moment, trust that that's happening and see it. It's just the wildest thing to see that all of that, all of those helpful skills do come along just from, just from playing video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to get it off track, but can I, you know, yeah, one yeah. thing that I think of, Pam, so, so often now, now that I'm sort of on the other side of this video game thing, we, we attended our first PAX conference, which is a big gaming conference. Mm-hmm. We got to meet a lot of the developers and the creators and the programmers and all these people and I think so often now when I hear people diss video games, I think about how terribly unkind and unappreciative that is to the people who are creating these amazing worlds and amazing stories and incredible communities. Um, and, and I'm a voiceover talent. That's what I do to earn money as a voiceover talent. So I have a lot of friends who voice for video games and they work really hard. Yeah. To- to do that well and um the lack of understanding by so many i think is really unfortunate yeah you know that's a good way good way to put it yeah and that's the other thing you know when they're they're interested when this happens to be their interests um they enjoy exploring worlds through games um like you said there are so many people um working to create these games like whether you know you can go from the large companies who world of warcraft to um individual developers who've just like had this amazing story idea that they want to do and they've just worked on their own maybe with a couple of friends you know for two three five years you know to bring their idea out and you know i've been talking to joseph about that recently about how you know when in in particular genres that people are passionate about the the people in the genre in those forums in those um those parts of the of the online world discover that stuff right like there are games that i've heard about from my kids that i've never heard about anywhere else right um but in their niche, in that world, they're well-known, they're appreciated. There's just so much space there for people to share their creativity, right? I thought it was so cool at PAX. They had the center of the floor was all for indie game, indie game. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting goosebumps Ooh. as I think about it. So we spent, I know. We spent so much time in there, Pam, talking with the people who create and where the ideas came from. And they were, they were absolute, I mean, heroes to the people who were getting to meet them. Because just like you said, like books or movies or shows, these developers and creators and writers have transported these people in the same way imagination 
or away or whatever it was, the same as a book would do. Anyway, I didn't, I didn't mean to get off track, but it, it's just, it's amazing. No. Yeah, yeah, no, we don't. I think I might have done that to us. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that's, that's something that's really interesting to me, you know, that whole um, gaming era. And, and I've been looking at, um, recently looking at, at, at licensing things just just for my own interest and and hearing someone talk about how you know it's it's story and then as you know I'm talking with Joseph and and we're talking about you know you having the story and and do you put it out or putting it out as books as movies as game and as we talk about it it is, you know, in, the essence is the story, yet it's a very, you can make it a unique and interesting experience in whatever format or channel you choose for the people who enjoy those channels. Like, you can be doing a book and a game, like, at the same time, or, you know, screenplays, etc. Anyway, yes, I've really taken this off track, but I find it fascinating. And and part of, you know, bringing video games just in as another channel, another format for sharing stories and, and, and entertainment and enjoyment. Because I guess I don't like the word entertainment because people take that as so fluffy. But, you know, we don't. <laughs> You know, books, you know, movies, TV, like story for human beings is just so innate. It is how we, how we transfer our, our, um, our knowledge. It's how, it's how we explore things. You know, what would I do in that situation? You know, this, it's, it is like the, there's a quote that I'm going to butcher. It's like, um, stories are to humans, like water is to fish. Right. It's just an innate thing that, that comes with us. So that's, that's, that's why it's so, I find it so interesting. Anyway, anyway. Okay. So we should move on. <laughs> so what was something that you found challenging as your family uh, moved to unschooling and how did you work through that using your perspective from today? The, um, this was so interesting to think about Pam because you know, I, I go through in my mind all, there were so many what felt like challenges along the way. And when I tried to kind of lump them all together and bring them all together, but what was like the thing, what was the, it all came back to, which won't maybe be a surprise to you, but was interesting to me. It all comes back to, I was the challenge. (laughs) I was the challenge. I really was the challenge. It was the it was the, you know, for me, the ac- understanding the academic and educational part of unschooling, that came much, much easier and much more quickly for me. That I got really pretty early on. It didn't mean it was easy because we still, I still needed to de-school. We still have all that stuff that we don't even know is in there that we have to work through. Um, but that part it just came so much easier. The, the part that and I I don't know if others can relate to this or not, but the part about learning to unschool well that was so hard for me was learning to really create peace and calm and get over my own stuff so that and my own fears. You know, I have I've been very open. I, I battle. I'm trying to change that word, but I I, I have anxiety, an anxiety disorder. So fear is 
has always been a very big part of my life. Um, so getting past all of that has been what has been really hard for me about unschooling, learning to unschool. It's been the hardest part, and I could give three million different examples of how that plays out in everyday life from video games <laughs> to food to um, just silly little things that don't seem to matter. I mean, I'm trying to think of an example, you know, um, wanting to say no to a particular food that my kids want in the moment. And then that creates this battle between us, along with an internal battle that not only disturbs the peace and, and ruins the calm, but also keep, takes them completely off track from whatever thing they were learning and they just wanted a snack. <laughs> I Taking it and making it made it this massive thing that's all about this dumb little thing instead of letting them just learn whatever it was they were learning. Yeah, I remember when I figured that out, that was such a huge piece, wasn't it? You know, that realization that, you know, something that I was stuck on, that, that I kind of built a wall you know, this is a stopping point, D double, double yellow line, you know, however you want to describe it. This was something that, that we weren't going to cross. All of a sudden, you know, when, when we kind of ran into it, oh my gosh, all of a sudden everything became about that, right? And it became about me and whatever it was they were doing is, is totally derailed. And, and what's super interesting is that, that they're learning about that thing, you know, whatever, so we'll, we'll use the food example, you know, that food that I had double yellow lined or whether it was the food itself or whether it was the amount or, or anything like that, um, I was also stopping there learning about that thing, right? So, you know, it, it just kept, when I discovered I was getting in my own way, because what, what I was wanting was them to learn about it, right? But I wanted them to learn what I already knew what I thought I knew, right? So I, I was actually the block to what it was that I was wanting them to do. <laughs> it's the it ultimate irony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that realization of how much, like, like you said, how much I was getting in the way, right? That was, it felt like a weight coming off too. Because it's like, oh, now I don't have to like police things as much. I can just be there and um, be, be there for conversations, be there for, for help, you know, to help them get something that they're interested in. But, and from my perspective, I'm there as an observer. So I'm learning more about what they're learning. And then I'm even more comfortable. Because if, if not, I'm just standing there policing. I'm not really observing. I've, I've stopped everything that was in motion, right? So their learning has stopped. So I'm not seeing it. All I'm seeing is this frustration. And in, I've just gotten in the way of everything. <laughs> I love that, Pam, that idea of policing. I, I'd never thought of it in, in that way before. <clears throat> policing nothing good comes from that like nothing really nothing good comes from policing that's that's interesting yeah 
Yeah, because because you've just stopped whatever learning and exploration was happening. And and you know, then you think bigger picture. Eventually, if it's something that they want to explore, like the guinea pig you were talking about with your daughter, right? For a year. She she still wanted it. She still wanted it. So, you know, maybe in a couple of years when you're not there to police it, they have another opportunity. They're gonna explore it that way. And then you're not even part of the equation. And th- it's, you know, experience says they may well be making choices that they personally might not make, um, like, or go as far with, but because they're kind of rebounding from the, the restriction, they, they can be, um, you know, going even further and, and not really, what they're learning in that moment is how far they can go in opposition to how you were trying to hold them back. Not, oh, gee, I would like to have this or, you know, have more of this and, and see. You, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? It, it makes total sense, Pam. And, and as always, when I listen to you or read your words, it's just sending things spiraling for, for even a deeper understanding. It's, it, makes, it makes total sense. Oh, well, that's cool. Good. <laughs> okay, so as- I think- Oh, Sorry, ahead. I think I think you asked how did you ask how I um, dealt with that? Oh, sure, sure, yes. Because I I want I did want to want to share that Pam, and it was I I feel like a lot of people miss the opportunities that are right there for us to be able to deal to deal with that, and I I, I did it by reading and listening to and watching as much as I could um, on a daily basis your book, reading your words, the Radical Unschooling Info Group with Sandra, Unschooling Questions and Answers with Sylvia Woodman, and she's got a wonderful group there, Um, Joyce Federal, really finding like five or six resources so that I I didn't spend my time searching for the resources every day. I just knew exactly where I was going to go, and I just, that it was transformational reading all of your words and really finding the people who could really guide me to where I wanted us to be. It was, it was transformational in a way I never ever could have imagined. And and I, I wanted to share that because so often I talk with people and they wonder either how to get started or how to get over this issue. And I'm always referring them back to the same five or six people. And then I'll check in a couple of months later and I'll refer them to the same five or six people and they still aren't familiar, which is totally fine. I get it. We're ready when we're ready. But I just want to share with people those, that opportunity is massive for if you really want to learn to unschool well. It, I mean, it, it really just changed our entire family. Uh, I love that point. And thanks for sharing my stuff. But I mean, it was my experience as well. Like I found um, when you're ready, you know, because because that's such a great point. You know, you may share something with someone and, you know, three months later, six months later, whatever, you share it again, because that that's fine, because we don't control anybody else's journey. We say, hey, why didn't you do that? Whatever. But um, once you've decided to continue to keep looking and to keep reading because it's it i think it's really valuable not to just kind of read for a month or two get an idea of what's going on and then then pull back and just try to do because there's we know there's so much more in there to work through isn't there it, it's not something that you can just kind of read about once or twice say oh yeah 
I got that. That makes sense. And then, then just go off. For me at the time when I was starting, it was email groups, mailing lists kind of things, right? Um, and, and that was something that I chose. Like I would get up before the kids were awake and I would read a few emails um, every morning because it just kind of got me in the right mindset, right? To It's like, oh, yes, this is it. And, and it would also give me things to just kind of mull over in the back of my mind because it's so useful to also read about um, situations that, that don't exactly correlate to my own. You know, maybe their kids are older than mine were at the time or maybe their kids were interested in wanting to do something that my kids weren't interested in, et cetera, but they were worried about it, et cetera, um, because it really helped me figure out the I, I kind of the roots of unschooling, the foundation of schooling, be, unschooling, because um, when when it came down to it, the processing in how to look at those all those different kinds of situations was really the same. You know what I mean? It was it's this lens of unschooling that we were talking that you mentioned when we first started here, right? But it takes looking at many, 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 many other situations and seeing how to process them and how to, you know, how to look at them to discover what that lens of unschooling looks like. And, and then the overlay of our lives, right, to see how, okay, so, you know, if that came up in our lives, you know, because you know your own kids, you know yourself, you know the personalities, right, that we were talking about, what our needs are, downtime needs, you know, engagement needs, all that kind of stuff, to be able to put that all together into our lens, it takes, it takes a lot of time and a lot of work, doesn't it? It takes a lot of time and a lot of work. And I, as always, I love what you just said, Pam, because it does take reading through so many different situations till you finally sort of internalize, oh, this is the lens, yeah. this is the lens. So now, like you said, how am I looking at my particular situation? And, and when, when people come in and ask about really specific situations, it is so helpful to help us kind of clarify our lens. But also once you get that, you realize that the questions really, it's no longer specific questions. It's always like this broader understanding of, I've got to look at it through this lens. I love that. I, you're so awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> it's so true. You know, I love answering questions and I love brainstorming situations with people. But that is what I've noticed over the years that I literally kind of feel like it's the same answer every time. But it's because it's that same lens that we're going to look. It's the same, you know, are, are you talking to your kids? What do your kids think? It's the, you know, that lens of actually, you know, because as parents, we want to solve things. We want to, we want to help our kids feel better. We want to work things out and, you know, but so we want to look at it, come up with an answer and then take it to our kids and solve it, you know? So there's just that certain foundational set of three, four different things that, that is always at the root of, of looking into and figuring out any, any kind of situation. But yeah, it takes a, it takes a while to get there. <laughs> Um, okay, next question, my dear. As we come to unschooling, um, one of the ideas we hear often 
is that learning is a byproduct of living, right? We were, you mentioned that a little bit earlier, that that's one of the first things we get to, right? The discovery that kids are actually learning all the time. Now, for me, you, you know, like we can get to it um, pretty quickly because you just have to watch your kids, right? Just actually pay attention and you can see them learning like just every moment that they're engaging with something. Um, but that's one of the things that I also found that I came to understand it more and more deeply over time, like like the breadth of it, like the quietness when they're not when they're literally, you know, lying on the couch, watching something that they've seen 20 times already to actually see the learning that's happening in there too. The moments when you ask them what they're up to and they say nothing and, and recognizing the learning that's in there too. So I just want to touch base with you about that with more years of unschooling under your belt now. What does that phrase that kids are learning all the time mean to you now it's well now I mean I under it's been it's been neat to think about people are learning all the time and it's so odd to me now that (laughs) till a certain age we think that needs to happen differently when I believed it totally you know before um Mm -hmm. I think what's really neat about that phrase is being able to be an unschooling mom who stays home with her kids, being able to watch that really play out and seeing, for example, you know, if, if, uh, okay, so of course now I'm on the spot. I can't think of it like a a real example, but you know, if, if Sydney throws a rock into the lake and she watches it ripple, right? No big deal. It happens. But then I noticed that she's, she's, YouTube has brought her to some video about something to do with water. And, and I see all the connections happening and I get to see them play out. Like you said, even the moments when it seems like they're doing nothing or they're watching the video for the 20th time I get to, and I only get to, we know I only get to watch this much in a, in a sea of the connections that happen, but getting to see those connections play out has been just that it has really brought home for me this idea that, that we are all literally always learning, like just uh, even over like the dumbest things, like the, you know, looking out the window when you're driving all that you see and then connecting that to something later on. And, you know, why the smoke is that color coming out of that truck and all these different things. It's just, it's literally always <laughs> Oh, I love that so much. That that thread over time. You're right. I, I hadn't even thought about that. Like the the breadth, right? And and even the depth, whichever direction you want to go. But but yeah, when you're paying attention to all those moments, even if they didn't don't look like learning when you're first starting out, right? That is how you discover that they're always learning is by seeing all those connections over time. And yeah, you need to need to hold them, um, you know, in your mind. So yeah, you, you need to be seeing them. You need to be engaging with your kids, um, enjoying them, paying attention, not just, you know, one ear out the other because you think you're supposed to be having a conversation, right? Not just yes, no, whatever, but truly engaging with them as people. Like you said, it's people are learning all the time, right? 
I and then it gets that. so exciting. Like when you start to realize that they're really learning all the time, it's like this new, like I get goosebumps again. Like it's this new vision. It's this new, this new set of eyes that you're seeing things through. And one of, one of the things that I, I realized along this line of kids are learning all the time, if that's true, which we now, I now know it is that kids are learning all the time. That changes my role as an unschooling mom. Like all of a sudden, Really, the priority is nothing's more important than answering that question in the moment, and nothing's more important than helping them find that resource, and nothing's more important than if Owen's on Discord and doesn't know how to spell a word, I've just got to spell that word as quickly as I can and not have any conversation around it, so I'm not interrupting that. You know, like it, it really, it defines, at least it defined my role in a really new way when I really started to understand that they're learning all the time. You know, if I had to turn the stove off to help them with something, that's what's most important at the moment. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think of that, it's like seeing the flow of their learning, right? You, you, can, you can start to visualize it. Like you said, you know, you can see the flow. And when they're needing a little something like spelling a word or whatever, that moment isn't about the word, right? It's the flow of whatever thought they're trying to communicate that includes that word. And you don't want to break that flow because that's where their mind is engaged. That's where they're going to learn the most in that moment because that's where they are, right? Oh, I love that. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that flow is yet another piece, another depth to that learning all the time. Learning all the time, you can see it in the moment. But that's why so often we say, right, if you're going to try unschooling, try it like minimum six months, go for a year and really let go because you need that time to see those threads develop, right? Because then you trust, you know in your bones that they really are learning all the time and you get to that point where you realize um, that you see that flow and and your role changes like you were saying your role is is helping support them in that flow and helping them stay in that flow because that's the most fun and it's the most learning right absolutely Pam not interrupting the flow like keeping the flow that is that yes I love that yes yeah. And, and, you know, as your kids get older, too, you start to see them doing the same thing for you, right? <laughs> I might start crying if I talk about that. <laughs> it's the coolest. I know. Yeah. And now I got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you alluded to this a little bit earlier. And uh, I think for many of us, it's one of the big surprises um, as we dive into unschooling is how valuable it turns out to be for us because that's kind of the flip side of I'm, I'm the roadblock, you know, I'm the one, I'm the biggest challenge. I'm the one getting in the way the most processing through that is so valuable for ourselves personally. Unschooling really isn't life changing just for the kids. It is for us as well, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. Um, you know, I, I had said a, a couple of years ago, um, the if you find the right resources, and again, there are five or six that I consistently recommend, and I've looked at so many of them. If you find the right resources and really use them, <clears throat> a 
let me change that. When I found the right resources and I really used them, it was the best I've invested in a significant amount of like personal change courses, books, and some of them are great and some of them are helpful. Um, but but I, I've invested a significant chunk of time and money into those things to, to help me feel better. When I found the right unschooling resources and really used them and really started applying them to my, to my life, it is the single best personal change course I have ever experienced in my whole life. It has more, has had more impact on me as a person. Like, it's really kind of too bad that even non-parents can't do this because to me, it is the single best thing to make me a less fearful person, to make me a happier person, to just, just the idea, Pam, of learning to think critically again, because something happens, even if you could think critically a little bit before having kids, I think for a lot of us, myself, certainly, once we have kids, we love them so much and we worry so much. We just, we, we're so vulnerable when we have kids. So much more fear comes in. And I know for me, that little tiny bit of critical thinking, that ability that I had, it went out the window. Mm-hmm. I was so susceptible to wanting to keep them safe and wanting to, and I didn't realize at the time that I was kind of doing the opposite. I was creating more fearful people. So by addressing, you know, by learning to critically think again, it took so much fear away. And, you know, I can, I can say here, um, learning to unschool well significantly helped with my own personal anxiety a lot. Like it really decreased it a lot. Um, so yeah, what I mean, the, the change has all been with me. These two kids of mine, they knew they were going to learn. They were going to learn everything. Like they were, you know, they, they, they were good. They're pretty laid back. Like they're fun. They're witty. They're, they're curious. They explore everything. They're always asking questions. Their phones are, my gosh, like it would be so fun if we could go through and print out some, or I don't know, collect all <laughs> They've asked, oh, I'm so old-fashioned print, um, <laughs> collect all the questions they've asked their phones over the years and what's that, that's taught all of us. They were going to do all of that. Um, they, they knew they were good. You know, it was, it was me who needed to change and, and my husband who needed to change to make this. So anyway, without, without t- talking, you know, for hours and hours about it, the impact that it's had on me personally I mean, it's a, it's a, it's just, it's probably, I would, I would say the most valuable gift I've ever been given personally. Yep. No, me too. I would completely, completely say that. And you know, for me, it, it was a big enough deal that I wrote a book about it, right? That unschooling journey book really was because I was just fascinated by how much I learned about being a person and grew into the person that I wanted to be by learning about how to unschool well. Really? So to me, that was the unschooling journey. It was a full-on, full-on personal journey to discover who, who I was in the end, right? And I don't, I don't, I, I couldn't have done it if not for my kids. <clears throat> there could have been no other motivator big enough for me 
to work on the horrid stuff and the hard stuff that I needed mm-hmm. to work on than loving my kids so much. There, there, there couldn't have been anything else in this world that could have motivated me to do that. Yeah. that Now, this is like the Goosebumps episode. <laughs> I love it so much. I sometimes I say like I'm in that honeymoon period of un, like unschooling. Like it's just it's the best. It's the best. Oh, it is. It is. And I love that that other point you made because that you know um, when you're looking at a journey. So the unschooling journey is is through the lens of the hero's journey. Unschooling through the lens of the hero's journey. And one of those things is is your guides meeting your guides, right? And so often the mentor is like the older person, etc. But for me, the twist was that my guides were my children, right? Like you said, they're so, so, you know, the, the older mentors, they've been through the journey and they have pulled off the glasses, but with our children, they haven't put those more conventional lenses on of expectations and everything. Like you said, pursuing what they want. They're curious. We've worked to not put a lot of that weight on them right so seeing them and watching them was really my guiding light so not only my motivation but my my starting of questioning it's like look they changed their mind and the world didn't end like this this whole right wrong there's one right way to do something all that kind of stuff just by watching them in action right we said pay attention to our kids observe them don't just you know have a couple of interactions and and run off to do your own things if you're choosing this lifestyle you want to be engaging with them and helping them and you're seeing them in action and you're seeing them try something and it goes wrong oh my gosh you know for me something me doing something wrong was was a, a big thing i would feel so bad about it right i would feel judged i'd feel horrible i wouldn't want anybody to know but you know, but they, they just learned from it and tried again or tried something else. You know, they were also and continue to be such wonderful guides for me along on the journey as well. And that, you know, the, one of the, I've talked about this before, but one of the, the biggest things that came out of this, Pam, has come out of this, has come out of this, not even is still coming, but has come out of this is to me, learning to unschool, unschool well does have this sense of not just unconditional love, but like unconditional living. And I don't mean that, you know, and there, there's, a, there's an appreciation and a curiosity for even mistakes made and all of these different things. And maybe it's like the hum, seeing the humanity, like you, you, you work so hard to always see the humanity, not only in your kids, but all the people in their world. So we can find the things to bring to them. And when you're doing that, when I was doing that, I couldn't help but learn to find it in myself too. And I'd never, ever felt that for myself before, ever. I'd never, like kind of, this sounds kind of more new agey than I am, but I'd never honored my own humanity. I'd never loved myself. Like all those things, I'd never practiced self-compassion all those things really came out of wanting to do that for my kids and the people in their world. Exactly, right? You realize it's real. I know you're right. It sounds weird, but it's true. You, you, it's like I'm a person too. I, 
I can be curious. I can play. I can ask questions. I can make a mistake. Like you're rediscovering all those things. It's okay. It's not just, it's, it's for people, you know, back to people are learning all the time. This is wonderful for people. And what a cool way to live, right? What a cool lifestyle. And, and it's choosing. And then all of a sudden, it's a, that's another level of being together. <clears throat> For me, it's how I saw it, together as people, as a family. Like, that was another layer of, oh, look, you know, we, we aren't separate on different, even, even age-wise. Like, we're all people it, getting to, to the same level as our children. That, that was another step for me on that. I love that. Absolutely, Pam. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is this is a lot of fun, I got to tell you. <laughs> I, I keep saying, like, Jen, you've got to stop talking about this now because I could just talk to you for hours about this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fascinating. I, I love the depth, you know, um, when you, like, you keep saying, keep going back to it. You know, find the resources that work and connect for you, right? And and then don't leave them, you know, and you know, unless, you know, we can grow out of things, et cetera, find, find something else. That's fine. But I mean, don't just kind of step away because thinking, <clears throat> you know, I've learned enough. I get the idea. You know what I mean? Because for me so often I've seen that and experienced, you know, that's when chaos kind of comes up, right? Because, because at first you're learning what I guess, you know, kind of the rules of unschooling, right? You, you learn what in general it's about, but not, you don't yet understand the why, the motivation, that root lens. And so when you go to, to um, live that with your family, um, if you're not continuing to explore and really figure out what that means, you're, you're really just kind of engaging on that surface level so often. Right. You're just like, yes, yes, no, I should say yes more, you know, yes, they should, you know, eat whatever they want, like learn whatever they want. That's not, that's what it looks like when you explain it, but that's not the reasoning behind it. Right. Absolutely. You need to get to that depth. You're not changing the lens. You're like putting a a cover on the lens that can crack and break and it's not durable and it's not going to stick. And you're not, I love that Pam. And so, oh, I can remember when I was in that spot and, and I can, you know, it's, it's, it's so important to keep, and it's, you know, it's what I love about your podcast and some of the other resources you talked about guides being all different ages, you know, just Talia's episode last week. I, it was, you know, you, you listen to people, you learn from every single person, no matter how long you've been doing it, how short you've been, you learn from every single person who's willing to share their journey in any way. You learn how to unschool better. Yeah, no, that, that is such a great point because there are always little, little connection pieces. And like, you like we were saying before, reading about situations where kids are older or, or different interests or a different personality, but that still informs your understanding 
of unschooling, right? So hearing everybody else's stories, I, I have these podcasts, these episodes, you know, every week, these conversations all the time, and I'm still making new connections all the time in our conversations, right? Like I've had three here today already, <laughs> you know, it, it is, you're continually um, growing your understanding of, of anything, no matter how long you've been doing it. There's no like, I'm all done kind of deal, learning something. You may decide you don't want to learn anymore, you don't want to engage, you know, whatever it is, but there's always more to learn in, in any interest or passion, right? It's one of my favorite thing about unschoolers in general, whether they're parents or kids or whatever. You, anybody who's doing it well, you'll never run into anybody who has that expert mentality about anything. Because everybody's always curious to learn more. And I love that. I feel like it's just such a gift to be around those people. You people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, exactly right. That, that curiosity, that, that knowing that, that there's always more. That's, it's just such a wonderful bubbly mindset, isn't it? Yes. So speaking of learning, since we last spoke, you started a podcast that's called Real Women's Work. Um, and I, I've heard little little bits about the story, but I'd love you to share the story behind how that came about. Okay, that's it's. I've I've never gotten to share it through the unschooling lens before, so I this is exciting to be able to talk about. And I'll keep it brief because I know I've talked a lot. But um, <clears throat> the the whole impetus, there were two things that 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 were going on that started this. One, Sydney was eight at the time, and she kept asking me like what do people mean when they say they're going to work? And I would answer with questions kind of like they go to an office or, but eventually we got to the point where she wanted to know, no, what do they do when they're sitting at their computer? Like, what are they typing? What do they do in that office? What are they? And so I tried to give her some examples, but I wanted her to have a nice broad uh, answer to that question. So I asked on my personal Facebook thread, and Pam, the answers that like came in were amazing. And everybody who was on that thread knew that this was a cool thread to be reading because we had no idea how, how people did their work. And we learned so much about each other just from answering that question. And I was reading the answers to Sydney and she would read some of them. And it was just like this really neat exchange of being able to provide a breadth of information. Um, and I have mostly women friends and only a couple of guys responded. And I was just thinking, look at all these things women do. Like, you know, this is really neat. And at the same time, I was in the middle of a um, really bad, a mental breakdown is, is what I call it because it's what it was. And um, nights were the worst. And I had stopped self-medicating with wine, which was a good thing. But I didn't know how to fill that gap of making myself feel better and the time. So I would just walk for a couple of hours at a time around the city of Denver, listening to music. And I realized that when I listened to female artists, I felt better and like more empowered and stronger. And so I was thinking, how can I stream strong women into my head for a couple of hours every day? And that's really when I discovered podcasts. I didn't even really know what they were. So I started walking around listening and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I wish I had known how many different things we could do. Like, and all these women are out there following their passion and doing things. And I just wish I had known. And so 
it was right at the time that I had asked this question and it just kind of all came together. And I thought, um, we need to create more space for this conversation. And that's really how real women's work started. Um, and I mean, I could go on, you know, the, the kids have been having so much fun. Sydney co-hosted an episode with me when we interviewed my mom. Ah. The kids love listening. Not so much anymore. I don't know if you fit the, like the first 10 episodes, they were all about listening. Now it's kind of like, oh yeah, this is this thing mom does. But it's, it's, um, Sydney creates a lot of my graphics. Like she'll go on and use Canva and she'll create a lot of my graphics. And Owen um, will spend a lot of time Googling something that he's heard about an episode. So it's really, um, it's been fun for the family, but that, but that's how it started. And it's for a million reasons. It's been a gift for me personally. So that's how it started. Yeah, that's a beautiful story. I really love that. You know, back to the connections and just kind of being open to the flow and seeing how things might go together and trying it out. So you're really enjoying it? I love it. The um, unexpected part for me, Pam, like I said, I was, I was just coming out of a mental breakdown when this whole thing started. And hearing from women, talking with women every single week, or right now I'm doing it monthly, because we're moving and that was a good step. (laughs) Hearing from them has really helped to build up my strength again, um, which has been a totally unexpected and awesome gift. I love it. I love doing it. Oh, that's wonderful. I love, I love hearing about that. And yes, I've listened to a few episodes and I really enjoyed it. I, I love the idea, right? Just, just being able to share, um, you know, what women are up to because there is just such a wide variety of all the things and even how we define work, right? Exactly, exactly. And that was one of the, one of the goals when I started this show is that it would be a wide variety of work, some paid, some unpaid, um, stay-at-home moms, volunteers, like, like things – and what we think of work, you know, we, we address this in a couple of episodes, what we, you know, what we just, how we define work isn't necessarily what work has to be. You know, work can be a really lovely, pleasant thing where we are growing and changing and, you know, sometimes producing an outcome. Anyway, yes, redefining, yeah. And, and I mean, I think that that is a great way to um, look at what we've been talking about today, right? This journey, right? That when you want to learn something, when you dive into an idea, right? There, there's the surface level understanding, you know, um, but there's always so much more under the surface, no matter, whether it's video games, whether it's work, whether it's school, whether it's, you know, martial arts, whether it's, photography, like story, whatever the interest, um, when you dive into it and learn, there is a whole world underneath, right? That, that you can take that journey of understanding and, and how much you're learning about yourself, I bet, through doing the podcast, right? It's, that's what I love about it. It's about being human. It's about being a person. It's about um, just pursuing and learning the things that you're interested in 
And what that helps is understanding that, you know what, now that I've had two or three things that I'm interested in my life and I understand that the conventional view is rather surface and, and true, but just surface, right? And, and that realization is like, I no longer am going to judge anything else out there because I know if I wanted to, I could dive in and I'd find more. There'd be more to that. Right. Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly it, Pam. I love, love, love that you just said that. Once you understand that there is depth to everything, you stop thinking that there is depth to only a few things. And you can be curious about everything. You can be curious about everything, which is a way more fun way to go through life. <clears throat> I just interviewed a woman. Her episode will air in September a young woman, she's 17, and she sells fruit kebabs at the Rockies games. So she's, she walks up and down, and let me, she, she, both her and her, I know her mom, both her and her mom were like, you know, Katie's worried that it's not going to be interesting enough. And I'm talking to her like, this is one of the most fascinating things we ever could have learned about. You know, you really, you start to be curious about and appreciate all of those things. Which is so yeah. fun. Isn't it so fun? There, there are so stories fun. everywhere, right? You said that early. everybody has an amazing story. I just love that. I agree with it completely. And when you're curious enough, you get to hear more of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So our last question. What is your favorite thing about your unschooling days right now? Let's, let's pretend you're not packing up for a big move. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But even that, this even applies to that, Pam. Um, cool. How easy they are. How easy they are. And I don't mean that every moment of the day is easy. Like, we still have issues with shoes sometimes. And we still have issues, you know, there are still logistical things that come up as part of everyday life. We are getting ready for a big move. But relative, even to where I was when we talked last time, and relative to my goodness, where we were, where I was when, when my family and I started this journey, however many years ago, things are so easy. And, and part of it is logistics. I don't have to bring a diaper bag anymore. We don't, you know, all we need is a water bottle. That's it. We don't have to pack snacks. And part of the ease of that is not just age, but I no longer have fear about swinging through a drive-thru or running into a convenience store, all that fear of thinking I've got to pack, you know, organic fruit and that's it or else we're going to starve for the day. Like that makes life easier. We can go on an outing and be gone for eight hours and I don't have to think about food out of fear. Um, but it's also just all the work I've done. You know, I've done so much work and it's removed so much tension and it's removed so much anxiety, and it's removed so much of the overthinking. You know, I'm a chronic overthinker, <laughs> and learning how to stop overthinking just makes our days so much easier because we are in flow so much more often than we're not. Right. I love that. And we're also, as a family now, so good... <laughs> Unfortunately, or for, unfortunately, there's really no fortunate part about this, but I've been a really good model of apologizing and recognizing when I'm really screwing up in the moment. So mm -hmm. really modeled a lot saying like, you guys, I just lost it. I'm really sorry. 
can, can we, what can I do so we can move past this? Can we move past this? And of course, it breaks your heart. Kids are so quick and easy to just move past things. But now we're also, all of us, really good at saying, I'm in a really terrible mood. I've got to take a minute or I'm really sorry that I just lost it. Even the kids, you know, mom, I'm really sorry that I just lost it. Can we just hug and move forward? And that makes the day so much easier because you're not carrying that crap forward with you, <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. Like, it's, it's when you've gotten to the point where you can trust that you can figure something out in the moment, yes. right? Like, you're not, you're not having to anticipate everything that can go wrong because you've now realized that you can't anticipate everything that, and that you don't need to have an answer anymore. That's it, right? When you get to the point where you realize, I don't need to have that answer at the ready for anything that may come up, we can deal with the moments. Like you said, whether it's, you know, apologizing when something goes wrong or it's changing things up because someone's feeling something different, right? You know, or we stop in at a convenience store for a quick snack because somebody's hungry, you know, that you now know and, and you trust that you can deal with anything that comes up in the moment and there'll be, there'll be some sort of solution that'll work, right? Yes, and, and Talia talked about this a little bit in your last episode, and I loved it. The other thing I find easier about this age at 9 and 11, it's so much easier for the kids to be part of the solution. And they, they come up, Sydney had this, we lost a pair of shoes. It was one that was really comfortable. And anyway, to make a very long story short, um, she had a pair of shoes in the car that were comfortable, but she wanted to go down together to get them, but she didn't have any shoes to wear down there and she didn't want to walk barefoot. Anyway, her solution was she rode Owen's skateboard down to the garage, you know, which is five floors down to be able to get the shoes. I never would have thought of that. Like how could, but it kept the peace. We had fun. We were laughing. Whereas the old me would have been just completely stressed and, gotten snappy and I wouldn't have been able to think of a solution because she wanted to be with me, but she, you know, so anyway, kids can really be part of the solution in ways that help your own mind to grow and realize there really is always a solution. (laughs) Right. Exactly. it. That's, you know, kids as guides again, right? You, it opens your mind. It's like, man, I never would have thought of that for me. It wouldn't have worked, but I can see how that perfectly works for you. And then we can have fun doing it together. Cause yeah, it's like, Oh, just let me run down and get the darn shoes, you know, and I'll bring them back to you. Right. But no, you don't need to, you know, you come up with that offer. It's like, Hey, I'm offering to do this for you. And then you get stuck there. Right. You know, early on in the journey, it's like, come on, I'm offering, I'm, I'm, doing something nice for you. Can't you just take that, you know, and, and you call your kids obstinate or, you know, fussy or, you know, all these, all these words and labels that, that really don't fit because you can really work together, figure out what'll work for everybody. And they will surprise the pants off you so often, won't they? And it allows you, you start to, there's a point where you start to see there's a reason she's saying that she doesn't want to happen. Maybe she had a nightmare the night before that it just hasn't come up for her to tell me yet. Or if you, it's triggering something, there's a reason. And so I, I now know I have to trust that it's not that she's not dissing my act of goodwill. It's <laughs> as a real reason 
for saying no to that. And so she should be part of the solution. Oh, such a great point. That's perfect because that, that, that really is the piece, right? Is, is you, when you make the space to have those conversations with them, those little pieces eventually come up over time. Maybe not even in that discussion, like we were talking about giving it the time, right? Maybe you find out about that two weeks later. Exactly. And then this makes sense. But that's what that trust is now, is doing that for whatever reason. And, you know, at first you want to know the reasons you want to, but then you get to the point where it's like, there is a reason I don't need to know what it is. They may not even be able to articulate it in the moment. Right. It's that trust. There, for some reason, this is, this is where we are right now. And let's work together to figure out a way through it that we're all comfortable with. Because again, that's where they are in that moment, right? It's so true. And having guides is so helpful. I have a, a friend, Martha, Martha Delmore, and she is, I've never seen anybody so good at that in my whole life as her. And her kids are younger than mine, and she's about 10 years younger than me, and she's such a good friend. And she models this, I swear, Pam, every minute that she is with her kids, she'd disagree. But she, she models that so beautifully, just being able to always Always, she always believes their words. She always believes their words. And watching her, the relationship, I mean, it'll make me cry, watching her relationship with her kids and the people they are, having had that from such a young age, her kids are four and six, and she's been living this way, I think, their whole life. Um, and it's just the most beautiful example to watch. Anyway, it's, it is. It's amazing. Oh, that, that's wonderful. And yeah, that's back, back to your point, how easy it is right now, right? Because yes. you, because having done so much of this work, right, you, you get to that place, I, I guess a place of trust, really, right? It's, it's easy because you trust yourself, you, you trust that you guys through experience, that you guys will be able to, to figure out each moment as it comes, right? Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for speaking with me today. I really appreciate it. I had so much fun. I had so much fun too, Pam. I hope I didn't go on too much. I really, I don't get to talk about this enough, I guess, because it's, and it's just so, your work so, so many times, Pam, when I, when I talk with somebody who's maybe just thinking about getting unschooling, getting into unschooling, or somebody who has, you know, kind of been through that initial process, they, they reference you and your work often. And I'm always so glad to hear it. And I'm really so grateful for what you do and what you put out there. I, I know personally how much it means to, to people. And I'm so grateful. So thank you. This was so fun. And I'm so honored to have been on. Oh, thank you so much, Jen. <laughs> that's very sweet. I, yes, I, that that's wonderful. I don't hear very often. <laughs> we don't tell each other often enough. We think everybody knows, and and we don't know. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Uh, but before we go, too, I want to make sure um, that you share, let people know where they can find you and find your podcast if they'd like to check it out. Yes, yes, yes. That's great. So the podcast is Real Women's Work. Um, and realwomenswork.com. We are Real Women's Work on everything except Instagram. We are Real Women's Work Podcast. And 
be so fun if everybody would would join us. We have a really great Facebook group um, that that you can join too, and and that that delves in a little bit more to subjects and topics that the guests have brought up around kind of personal change and that sort of thing. We talk a lot about that in there. Um, and then I've just started a website, ponderinggen.com, because I had no place to write about unschooling and more personal stuff. So I don't really know what I will <clears throat> do with that. But anyway, I, I don't have any social media around that. But ponderinggen.com has a couple things up. So yeah. that's where I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I will put all the links. Thanks to everything in the show notes. Thank you. Thank oh, you, Pam. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the first book in my Living Joyfully with Unschooling series, Free to Learn, Five Ideas for a Joyful Unschooling Life. In it, I share the five paradigm-changing ideas that most help me better understand unschooling. Reviewers have said, A quick read, but packed with ideas that challenge the dominant paradigm of our failing approach to learning. This little gem makes an excellent argument for unschooling. And, I was rather doubtful about this book, as I had never heard of the author, but after reading it, I wish that I had read it years ago. I hope you find it helpful, too. Free to Learn has also been translated into French and Spanish. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.